Welcome to Life After Beauty School, What I Wish Someone Told Me, a podcast for glampreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. If you struggle with building your clientele, marketing yourself on social media, working long hours behind the chair, or maybe you've been in the beauty industry for a while and you're tired of hustling and ready to run an effective business, you might want to stop and take a listen because this podcast is for you. I'm Deandra Giselle, hairstylist, business coach, and educator. I discuss real action plans and solutions to help you live a wealthy life. Now let's get into this podcast. Hello, Glampreneurs. We are back with another episode of Life After Beauty School, aka Labs. And I have a special guest today who is going to talk about her experiences with Glampreneurs on set. So she's an actress, producer, writer. You may have seen her on Disney's Casey Undercover with Kadeem Hardison and Zendaya. And most recently, she is on the TV series Stuck With You on UMC. And she has written, produced, and directed The Counselor also on UMC. So my guest today is, please give me a drum roll, Tammy Townsend. Hey, Tammy. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I am so excited for you to be on here. Thank you, Tammy, for doing this podcast. That's awesome. No, I was. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so we're just going to go right into it. You have been in the entertainment industry for a while now. Mm-hmm. I have, I have. Okay, so um, can you tell us what was your first experience with a glampreneur on set? Um, the first experience that I can remember um, was a show called uh, Quantum Leap. I was a kid and it was a long time ago with... Um, Scott Bakula. And um, I actually, (laughs) the guy who did my makeup um, was an older gentleman. um, And uh, he didn't quite match my color right. So I looked a little ashy. Oh, no, you were casket. You were casket sharp. (laughs) Exactly. So nice gentleman, but just did not know what he was doing. Um, No, I'll I'll take that back. I got the sense that he didn't have a lot of uh, experience with people of color. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. We know that that can be pretty consistent across the board. Uh Yeah. Okay. So, um, Tell me the difference between then and now when it comes to hair and makeup artists on set. Like, um, have you seen that there's been more um, people who understand, glampreneurs who understand people of color and have a little bit more variety of how to do hair and makeup now? I have definitely. Um, First of all, there there are more people of color um, working Um, And then also, too, the products are different. They're so much better. You have a a myriad of beautiful colors and foundations. And so it's just, it just lays into the skin so much better. And even the hair products and the hair tools are better. So, and I'm finding that um, just, I don't know, just um, overall in general, like, um, people really seem to know what they're doing now uh, as, as opposed to back in the day. So, yeah, I would agree. Hair is like, 
the hair probably more than makeup is probably the most difficult um, because, uh, you know, folks hair is everybody, especially black people, we have different textures and different products work different in our hair. And so you really got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I like that you mentioned on the makeup side that products have gotten better because they have. Um, even like when I teach my students at the school, we talk about the the creation and evolution of the products and how they even lay better. And then with things being HD, if you don't have the right products, you see the pores in your skin. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and then also, you know, you want to make sure that you layer it right to where it doesn't, you don't look like a drag queen, unless that's your, and that's, that's what you're going for. Most of the time with television and stuff, it's, they want it to be very, very subtle, but still popping. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like the no makeup makeup look. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Okay, so what are some of the expectations that you have for Glampreneurs when you're either hiring them or they are supposed to be doing your hair and makeup for TV? Because I know, or on set or photo shoots, just whenever, because a lot of people want to be celebrity hair and makeup artists. Like when I'm talking to my students, they're like, I want to work on red carpet. I want to work with a celebrity. I want to do this. But they don't really understand the expectations of what you should be coming into that profession. So what are some of your personal expectations? Um, well, I feel like you need to do your, your research on the person. So a lot of, especially on set and stuff, if you don't, production usually provides a picture of the person so that you can kind of see, you know, what you're, what you're going to be working with. But if they don't, that's something you need to do. Um, because I don't want to come in there and you're trying to figure out what foundation you're going to use on my face. Um, and then also you should be, um, professional and, you know, have time to prep. So get there a little early, have all your stuff worked out, you know, um, that's really important. And then ask the, ask me what it is that, what products that I use or what things that I prefer or what, what don't I like, you know, ask me those things. That's, that's pretty much it. I'm sure there's some other things that's probably going to pop up into my mind, but those are, those are like the key things. Okay. And then on the hair side, what do you want them to do when they first meet you? What are your expectations for them when, with your hairstylist? Kind of the same thing to ask me what it is that I, um, that I'm, I'm looking for, that I want, that, you know, what products do I use? I have one, um, woman, uh, when it's recently, um, I went in for a show, I'm not going to name, and I had, my hair was curly and she proceeded to comb through my curls. No, ma'am. You don't comb through them curls. They'll no be frizzy. Exactly. So, and we literally had an exchange back and forth and I was like, please don't comb through. I've, and I've been doing hair for this amount of years. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't been doing my hair for X amount of years. And why are we even talking about this? And that's the, that's the thing, like, you don't want to upset the actor before they go on set to perform. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, just, just listen, listen to the person, you know? I do think that just in general, whether it's on set or not, one of the things that I 
have realized is you just listen to what the other person is saying, whether they are an actress, actor, just a person. You listen to what they have to say because sometimes they'll make your life easier because <laughs> they'll say, oh, I normally do this with my hair and my hair dries faster when da 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 And I'm like, perfect, because now I don't have to do all that, you know? Exactly. So- I think that if you take a moment, I think that's key. If you take a moment to get to know the person and especially if you're on set, get to know the actor or actress that you're working with and then ask them when they sit down, hey, are there any um, things that you prefer with your hair? And But then you have to match that to what, you know, the producers, the directors, what they want too. Because if they want the actor or actress to have curly hair and they come and sit down and be like, I prefer my hair straight. Well, then you need to talk to the lead hairstylist or uh, makeup artist to make sure that you're on target. So there's a balance there, but for sure, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so with red carpet and special events, this is my favorite because this is when I normally do your hair and makeup. Yes, exactly. um, I think that red carpets and special events are just more fun creatively because you get to work with the artists um, and together you guys come up with the look. So instead of having to do it a certain way because of continuity or whatever it may be, but what are some of your expectations on the appearance side? So when you have to go to red carpet, special events, like what are some of the things that you really expect? Is it the same when you're on set? Um, actually it's a little different because the makeup is different. Makeup in here is different. Like you said, it's a little bit more glamorous. I mean, you really want to pop in, you know, and, uh, because a lot of times with the onset stuff is a little bit more conservative because you're looking for things like continuity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, you can go all out and that's the part that, cause a lot of times I will come to you and be like, um, here's my dress or here's this, what do you think? And we would, like you said, collaborate on the hair and the makeup and you get the lashes. And so all of that is, is, um, is fun and it's different, you know, and that's when you really want to zhuzh it up and put a lot on because, uh, set lighting is different from red carpet lighting. And a lot of times red carpet lighting is a little harsher. So you want to put as you know, pack it on with, you know, within reason. Within reason, yeah. Yeah, within reason. So um, I guess for that, it's just, I'm looking for somebody who I can collaborate with, um, who has an eye, who is current, you know what I mean? Kind of knows what's up on, you know, what's what's happening now, um, what's trending now. Um, and also uh, in, in that kind of setting is usually one-on-one. So with you, you know, you and I have developed over the years that so we have a friendship. Yeah. But that can get kind of tricky too, because, um, you know, you want to still be able to, you know, be on time, be on time. Um, again, maybe come a little early to set your stuff up. Um, but then there are, there are fine lines with it too, because you want to do your job. But then at the same time, you know, there's an element of, you know, person, you know, I get personal with the person, and but not too much where it's like, it's becoming like a gossip session. Yeah. So I agree. So one of the things 
to help me make sure I stay professional is when I do my job, I think about it as, well, one, it's a time thing, right? Because you have to get dressed, you have to be in and out. And so the relationship that we've built is is great, but it's so, I, I now can feel comfortable saying, Tammy, you really shouldn't be, you know, yeah. you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but it shouldn't be like, girl, I heard when you was on set, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's a fight. So you find the friendship, but you also remember when you're there, you're there to do a job. And if you become really good friends and, you know, that's done outside of, because you should have already, you should have already built that friendship. Like you should know. So when I'm there to do a job, I don't want it to be tight and stuffy. Like don't say anything, but I also know that there's a timing thing. Um, I want to get in and do the job, but I've already done my research before I came to you. We've talked about the look. I've already kind of mapped out the colors I wanted to put on your face right then. And then when I started doing your makeup frequently, I actually had a Tammy kit. So it was all your foundations, the things we liked or whatever. So it was easier for me to figure things out. And then with the hair, we came up with different, like we started labeling things. So you have to kind of separate your friendship from your job when you're in it, but you can still be fun and personable. But if your gossip is slowing you down, then right. that's a problem. If yeah. your gossip is making uh, the person feel uncomfortable, that's a problem. And so one of the things I say is you have to learn how to check the temperature and read your client, whether you're doing for a special event or in the salon. Yeah. So like, yeah. So if I see that, you know, if I were to say something, you kind of shift, I'm like, oh, Let's not talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, that's not my personality anyway. But, yeah, exactly. But you just have to really read the client. Remember, you're there to do a job and do your homework ahead of time. So it moves seamlessly. So I, I like those expectations. Okay, so I want to get some tea without some names. <laughs> as we talk about gossip, but I just want to know what was one of the worst experience you had with a hair and makeup artists on set. You don't have to give names or the production or whatever, but just like something to help people realize like, okay, I, I would never want to make that mistake. Um, I, the first one was on the show um, and um, the person was doing my makeup. They, they did a good job. Um, but then um, when I tend to get, sometimes I get really oily. So when I was um, on set um, and we were shooting, we couldn't find a makeup person. Mm. So, and, and it just ghost gone. So, and, and when we, so, you know, I'm sitting there trying to dab my own face and stuff. And it's just like, again, you never want to take the actor out of that moment because they're there to perform. Yeah. And so they have to, to like think about my makeup or think about my hair or whatever. And now, now you're taking them out further and further away from the scene. You know, and some people, I'm, I'm pretty chill and relaxed person. So I can, but some people aren't, they're yeah. not, you know what I mean? So, um, and you're dealing with different personalities. So that probably was, was the worst to not, you not, I don't know where you are. So, and I think she was either on the phone or, or like, yeah, it was something like, yeah. Cause when she, when they caught up with her, she was like, Oh, I didn't know that they were. Yeah, you need to be on set and you need to be close to the monitor and watching and present all the time. It's hurry up and wait on set. Like, exactly. 
you hurry up, get the job done. And then you just wait quietly somewhere where they tell you to wait. <laughs> right. So you always want to be kind of like on alert, you know, even if it seems like nothing's going on. Um, the hair thing, it, it, you know, it tends to be, um, it tends, it tends to be when I have curly hair and people don't, again, you know, you mentioned in the lady up above uh, uh, earlier, she, like these people just, they, I don't know, I, I, they don't understand curly hair. So it's like either trying to comb through it or using product that's too heavy. Um, or like, if I tell you, let me diffuse my own hair, cause I know how to do it where, you know, well, well this, let me help you. No, let me do it first. And then, so it's usually, it's, it's usually my issue with, with curly. Curly's so. tricky though, because everyone's curly hair doesn't respond to the same thing. So if you're not familiar with curly hair, then you may have learned one technique to get the hair to be whatever you want it to be, but that necessarily doesn't work for the next person. So I do think that as a hairstylist, you have to be, in order to work in TV and film, you really need to understand textures across the board and you should never stop learning. And I think the most trickiest texture is curly hair whether it's wavy to coily because you could get it right and then they start sweating and whatever they have to do. And next thing you know, their hair is a frizzy mess. And let's not talk about the fact that black girls in particular have different texture hair on their own head. Yeah. Part right here maybe a little kinkier, like for me, but then back here is, you know, it's a more, it, you know what I mean? It's more- It's a ringlet. Yeah, it's a ringlet back here. So it's like, you got to use a different type of product here than you do back here. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't realize most curly hair clients, they normally do have different curls in their hair and they have different areas that grow a certain way. And, you know, I usually ask, so is there anything I need to know about your curly hair? Like, you know, cause sometimes one side grows longer than the other and they tuck things. Let me know what it is off bat so then I can figure it out. Um, but curly hair tends to be tricky. So if any of you guys are interested in working in TV and film, really it will help you in the salon, but TV and film, like you have to be able to deal with whatever is put in front of you. And if you see that picture and you see that their hair is curly and it says their hair is gonna be curly, you better get on your research. Yeah. I mean, and I've had stylists call me, you know, and say, hey, ahead of time before I get there, you know, hey, uh, is there anything that I need to know? Or should I do I do I need production to pick up some products for me? Or, you know, and I always love that. I always so that's good. I actually so you know, I worked with Tammy on The Counselor, her film, and I was the hair and makeup artist on that production. And I did that for the actress because once I seen, I was just like, oh, let's see what, <laughs> what we're working with. Even some of the men too, because I wanted to be clear that I'm not a barber and sometimes men will show up scruffy and they're not supposed to be. And we, we may not have time to do all that. So you definitely want to call ahead of time and it will help break the ice the day that you get to do their hair and makeup, I think. Um, so tell us about your best experience with a hair stylist and then with the makeup artist. Um, 
the best experience. Um, I had a really horrible wig one time for a, a photo shoot. Um, and this particular um, hairstylist came in and I was like, we had to use a wig. Like it was, and I was like, I'm gonna look like all day. So, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 sit down, sit down. And he, um, I don't know what he did. He brought out his shears or whatever it is that you people have. <laughs> and he's like, the next thing I know, I saw hair flying all over everywhere. And then he spun me around and the wig was amazing. Mm. So I, I love it when people don't panic and they can see, they can see where you're going with it. They can see the vision and see how to fix their problem solvers and get in there and do it. But, you know, again, this person was um, somebody who had been in the business for a long time and, you know, so he, he knew what he was doing. Was he in the business for a long time in general with hair or specifically for like photo shoots and um, like set work and things like that? That's a good point because not everybody is, yeah, everybody that does like, um, that are in a shop doesn't necessarily transfer over into set life because again, you had mentioned time constraints and stuff like that. You can't take your time like that to get everything. Like you, you need to get it right, but you got to do it quickly. So, um, but that's it. He, he actually did have both. And he oh, was that's good. That. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do have to, I, I think that's a good point that just because you've been doing hair for years in a salon environment does not mean that that's going to work well on um, set because not only is it time constraint and if you're late, you could be making the production lose thousands of dollars. And that's a good way to lose your job. <laughs> that's a real good way. You about to lose your job. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So that was one good thing, one. And then I love it when, I know you, you're supposed to move into makeup, but I really do like the duo thing. So if you know how to do makeup and hair, that's great because like you do, which is why I continue to work with you because I know after I sit down in the chair, I don't have to worry about nothing. Mm -hmm. I just go, you know what I mean? I can yeah. I can be on my phone, I can, whatever, you know what I mean? So to me, those are, that's the best experiences when you can just sit in somebody's chair that you completely trust and they know, you know, their face and they know, you know, their hair and, you know, it takes them a certain amount of time and, you know, you will be out and, and about doing what you need to do. So that's, that's pretty, when you got the duo and that's, um, not everybody can do that. So that's, you are anonymous, anonymous, how do you say it? Anomaly. Anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it's, if you can and you do it well, that's, that puts you in a whole different bracket. I will say the reason why um, it's, I started with hair first and then people started asking me to do their makeup. And I realized I was just doing their makeup, how I do my own. And that wouldn't translate well all the time. So then what I did is I went to makeup school afterwards and practiced and practiced and practiced on different faces, mature faces, young faces, just all the time. So now if someone asks me to do hair and makeup, I'm not nervous. I'm just like, okay, what are we doing? You yeah. know, but it takes, you have to put the time and energy, but I didn't put the time and energy into hair and makeup at the same time. It was hair first and then it was makeup 
And then now, you know, anytime anyone wants it, I'm like, oh, do you want me to do both or, and you get paid more guys, you get paid more. And I'm going to tell you why, because normally they would have to pay two people the same amount of money or two people, a lot of money where they could just pay you. And essentially it's less, but they could pay you more. Right. So that's good. But they'll keep calling you over and over again because they don't, you're the team. So, I mean. (laughs) it just works out perfectly it does but on on tv and film and photo shoots depending on the production most likely you'll be one or the other especially because if it's um especially on larger productions they really want to make sure that you're paying attention to just one so they can get continuity i live absolutely live when there are mistakes in hair and makeup. So like, it's a different scene. And then I'm like, "Mm -mm, her hair was parted to the left. Now it's to the right. You know what I mean? That's another way to uh, move your (laughs) (laughs) If you do that, like, mm -mm, you got to be on all of that kind of stuff. It's a lot of little things that people don't don't really um, realize it goes into like television um, and and movie production and stuff when it comes to hair and makeup, which is why your program is so great, you know. For yeah. Folks. Well, not only that, one of the things that I re- what I told my students before is sometimes people think that um, shows and and films are shot at, like you could do scene one right. today, right. scene ten two weeks later, (laughs) depending on locations. And there's very, there's different reasons. So you have to, if scene one is connected to scene 10 in some way, you have to make sure that they look like it was seamless the same day. So that means no, you know, the, the curl juice can't be on the shoulder. If it wasn't there, you know what I mean? You have to look at everything. Every single thing. Every yeah. single thing. So you have to be able to pay attention to detail. Okay, so. Because they, um, but they have like a continuity book. So the scenes that you do, you take a picture before the person leaves your chair. You take a person, you know, and they take their picture of their hair. If you're doing hair, take a picture of their makeup. Okay, so this is scene one on day one. You know, so when you have to refer back, you can go back into your book you know. Yes. And they even write down what they used to. I think I was watching an interview for the creation of Gamora from, um, oh, what is the name of it? Come on, y'all. Uh, not Avengers. Um, I can't remember the name, uh, but Zoe Saldana's character Mm -hmm. and she has to be the same exact green every time. Okay. And she was saying that it takes them four hours. Galaxy, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. The Galaxy, yeah, exactly. And that's how serious it is because if, you know, there's people like me that be like, she seems a little greener this time, <laughs> you know? So you got it. And, but even like in all productions, that's how serious it needs to be. Okay. So what are some of the things that you feel that a hairstylist should, um, kind of practice on so that they can be better for TV and film. Cause we talked about that in the salon versus onset is very different. So what are some of the things that they should really, pra- if that's their goal, like what should they practice so they can be better at it? And that will translate better. Um, the biggest thing is we brought it up again is, is time. 
you want to make sure that um, no matter what you're doing, that you are able to do it efficiently and with and also make it look nice so it doesn't look raggedy. If you have somebody, you know, like, okay, you're done, but they look crazy. So you want to make sure that it's, it's really time with, with, um, with anything that has to do with movies or TV. So just, just practicing, making sure that you can, you can do what you need to do and to make a statement within the quickest amount of time possible. Yeah. Time is huge. Okay. So you're starting to do your own productions Yes. and you're doing your, so what is your hiring process? So like if I never knew you and I was interested in being on the glam team, being one of your glampreneurs, what would be the hiring process to get on your production? Um, well, the first thing I look for is um, who you've worked with. Um, so I want to see like, you know, um, you know, if, if it's, if you have any like pictures, examples, and I know a lot of people, if you, even if um, you don't have a, a whole lot of experience on set, um, I will even take a risk to see, you know, what type of, you know, if you, if you take me to your Instagram or whatever, and I can look to see how you do your work, how, um, how nice the person looks or, you know what I mean, to see kind of an example of that. Um, but that's pretty much, I'm looking for, um, looking for like experience. Um, and I'm looking for the client to see what, how, or if you have, you know, just that kind of thing. Okay. And then if they were, where do hairstylists go? And it's okay if like you, you don't 100% know the answer, but where do they go to even start, um, getting on set and film? Cause I know back in the day I would use Craigslist when I first moved here, I would use Craigslist and I would see what type of independent films were happening to get the experience. But I don't think Craigslist is a thing anymore. I haven't seen it. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't even really know what to tell people. I mean, I don't even know anymore. Honestly, I think a lot of it has to is word of mouth, you know, yeah. You can try to connect yourself with people, even if you're working on something for free, you know, or you like, you have a friend that is working on the set. It's like, can I assist in some kind of way? Can I just let me get on and get in some kind of way? You know, that's what I would, would suggest. I would say when I moved here, someone told me someone, I think it's someone you connected me with. They were like, you're going to have to do a lot of free hair. <laughs> before you can get in and make good money and not to discourage you but it's not just about the experience it's building a relationship with those people and humbling yourself even if you've been doing hair for 10 years you are a baby in trying to transition into set life and so I mean I, w I remember doing a photo shoot here and I've done several photo shoots and the guy was working on like big name people and all I was doing was um, I would look at what he was doing and then I'm like, oh, he's going to need a bobby pin and I would get his bobby pins and I'm like, you prefer, prefer short, medium, whatever. And I would just pass it to him, get the hairspray, whatever he, and he looked at me like, what is your name? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm Deandra. He goes, yeah, you're going to assist me next week. And I had been here for like three weeks. I just moved here. And that's really what the free work's about. It's not just people using you there does come a point where you have to stop and say yeah. no I should get paid but yeah. get your networking and your um resources together because you want it the industry is large but it's small 
Right. Even on set. So even though you, you know, you may be good with um, the lead hairstylist or makeup artist, but if that actress was like, I don't like working with that hairstylist or makeup artist and whatever, you've kind of screwed yourself a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, it's an investment if you look at it that way. So it's an investment in, you know, your future in, in terms of, you know, where you want to be and how you want to set your rate and all that kind of stuff. So, and that's right. I mean, you, you gave a perfect example because you were right on it with him and he saw that and you just handed him bobby pins and making sure that he didn't have to think about the next tool that he needed or whatever. And that made an impression on him. So, and Had if you he- that, you're not going to, stay in assistant position for very long. So. No, you're not. Because what happens is people get busy. And had I stayed, I ended up opening a salon, but had I stayed like assisting him, there's there were moments where he was with a really big artist and went on tour and all the other people he no longer could do. And because we built a relationship, I know how he works, you know, all that good stuff. Now he's like, oh, let me refer Deandra to you. And that's how it works. Literally is how it works, so. Okay, so we touched on this a little bit and it was um, how um, hairstylists, glampreneurs, affect the impact of your production so like what is the worst case scenario that can happen with a glampreneur when it comes to production how can they negatively impact your production holding up production mm-hmm. um, I was on a set recently um, where the the hair and makeup person um, they just they were slow very talented, very talented individuals, but very slow. And if you have a, a place that you are, you've rented out, production is rented out for, you know, a certain amount of hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on hair and makeup, you know. And That's I'm terrible. And maybe say if there's like, it's a day shot and we lose in daylight now, it's, it can just be a nightmare. So that's probably the biggest thing. And then the second thing is if the, um, the person isn't listening and, and the, the, the uh, actor is not happy. Cause that can, that can hold it up as well. If an actor shows up on set and is pissed or feels insecure or doesn't feel pretty or whatever it is, um, that's gonna reflect in in the performance, which me as a director, now I have to, <laughs> I gotta deal with additional things other than, you know what I mean, other than other stuff. It's just not good. So what I'm hearing is that the glampreneurs are essential in getting the production flowing. Uh, There's several moving parts and we work all together as a whole. And if one of those moving parts falls short, if hair and makeup falls short, you have slowed down the production, which means you can lose your job or put a bad taste in whomever's mouth. Because to be honest, who hires you? Uh, you know, it's not always the actress, it's the producers, the directors, the, you know what I mean? And so it's the higher ups, if you will. And if that actress goes and says, you know, I don't feel like this isn't flowing right. Well, why would they use you on their next production? You might not even make it to the end of that production. I've seen folks come and go. So 
Yeah, it's it's true. Now there are other things that it's not always hair and makeup because there sometimes um, they don't give you enough time to get for they they want you to do something in five minutes and the person literally just sat in their chair. So that's that's not realistic. But um, you don't ever want it to be you. If it's in your control, you don't ever want it to be you. And the thing is, is what's really crazy about this is that my situation, I had a wig. So all you had to do was plop that thing on my head and go and it would still relate. No, Tammy, not, <laughs> not with your wigs. <laughs> with your wigs, you really have to take a moment and make sure that it, it goes well. But that goes to making sure that you understand wigs because just plopping it on and it looks wiggy is terrible. You know what I mean? So like, you know, you always talk about, I don't have a wig head, but really nobody does. If the wig, like if I put a wig on right now and just put it on and don't style it, move it around, see where your part is, what makes sense. Maybe you need to leave a little hair out. It's going to look a mess. So you need to get that wig education. And I wouldn't say that I am the expert at wigs. I just know what looks natural and, and what, what the camera may catch. So um, I did study and, you know, I kind of study those things just from working with different people. I didn't know the difference because what works in the salon doesn't work on TV and film all the time. That's right. So it was just experience. And I felt more comfortable on independent, like smaller productions um, doing those things than I would have on major productions where I'm making, you know, a good amount of money. You know what I mean? You already want to come to that. Okay, Tammy. So we've talked about a lot. So just a quick recap for you guys who are listening. So number one is you want to make sure that you are always on time and that you're timely. You want to build relationships with not just the people that you're doing hair and makeup with, but also the person you're working with and do your homework. So that was huge. Do your homework to make sure that you understand so you're not getting ready. I think my makeup instructor, she used to say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that's, that's what you got to do. Um, and then we also talked about making sure that you are knowledgeable on all levels so that you're able to do whatever hair comes your way, whatever skin tone, whatever it is all the time. So Tammy, at the end of every show, I like to end it with a quote. So what is one of your favorite quotes, words that you live by and inspire you? All right, so I have a um, quote by uh, Dolly Parton that I like. It's, it says, if you don't like the road you're walking on, start paving another one. So it is never too late, basically is what that's saying to me. And if you want to, to like what we're doing we've had during this pandemic we've had to adjust our lives quite a bit but in adjusting it we found some passions that we love so we're just flowing with it so yes if you don't like that road get off and, and pave another one i like that if you don't like your road pave another one so it's like build, making your own way which is what you're gonna have to do especially as a glampreneur and entrepreneur well, Tammy, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. If you guys are interested in checking out the podcast, remember it is every single Wednesday, there's a new podcast. 
available to you. I'll have some information in the show notes, just kind of recapping what we talked about. So thank you so much for listening, Glampreneurs. Make sure you subscribe and stay connected, Glampreneurs.